0: Hello, there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. So, on Cookie Cast, it's a football podcast. We've got football news, football predictions, football reviews. We're going to go through last week's games. All the football you could want, all in one place. Before we start, please do consider like, share, subscribe, and comment. Leave us a review. Share it with your friends. All of that good stuff. Right. Let's start talking football, baby. Here we go. This is Cookie Cast, the football podcast.
1: Recording in progress. Ah, uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen. She's back. And not only a she back, we're back. We're back to bring you more football. More football than you'll ever care to have in your lives. If that football is from a northeast, Midlands or Humberside persuasion. I, of course, cannot do this alone. I am joined by Hulls very own, Mr. Stuart Woodmansey. How are you this week, sir? Oh, distinctly average. Distinctly average, Lyndon. You hit it here first. It is the way to be. I'm also joined by Nottingham's finest, Mr. Matthew Moore. How are you, sir? Good. Distracted. Distracted indeed. This may come up later on in the podcast, but we'll get to that as we need to. And of course, rounding out the successful quartet is the leader, the the don, the the. I was going to say grandpappy, but that's definitely not the thing. The the godfather is the actual word I was using. I was I was looking for of the uh, the CookerCast podcast network. It is Mr. Andrew Cook. How are you, sir? I am. I am. Yes. He is. Yes. He sporting is, yes. a lovely, for those of you not watching on YouTube, he is uh, sporting a lovely yellow and black hoodie, which is very striking, uh, and um, from a football perspective, has uh, elements of uh, Watford FC from a few seasons ago, <laughs> as uh, Stu said earlier, a Borussia Dortmund shirt, which I'm pretty sure is up there with one of the hipster's choices of shirts, so he's ticking all the boxes tonight, ladies and gentlemen. for those of you not watching on YouTube. What an excuse to go over to YouTube to watch and see what we're talking about. So, another week, another dollar, another day, another time. Our first game of week 36 saw Liverpool take on Nottingham Forest. Uh, This one was a bit tastier than it potentially showed in the first half, I dare say, Mr Moore.
2: Definitely. I think, yeah, the first half was a bit... Bit drab, I think, um, and then kind of sprung into yeah, sprung into life in the second half in about twenty-five minutes. Um, so early, like early on in the second half, uh, Diego Jota um, opened the Liverpool scoring. Um, I think most people thought that would be it; the floodgates would open, but oh no. Morgan Gibbs White comes back and equalises for Forest. Was it Nico Williams? I can't remember. Oh, there was a Forest equaliser. I can't remember which way around it was. Nico Williams first. I've written it down wrong. Um, Nico Williams equalises, only to do what Forrest do best, which is give the goal straight back. Um, we had about ten minutes of no more, no further goals. Um until uh, Morgan's Gibbs White did equalize with the second forest goal, only for Mohamed Salah to pop up and score a third for uh for Liverpool. I think but I think from that though, like speaking like reading the reports and watching things, it was like a really good forest team performance. I mean they had eighteen percent of the of the possession and you know, very little of that. But um but it did you know, but I think they put in a real real shift, they really kind of pressured Liverpool. Yeah, they're not as good as perhaps, as they have been, but they pressured them and I think had chances towards the end of the game to possibly get that equaliser. So uh, a moral victory, which doesn't mean anything, but hopefully could lay, lay the kind of foundations for a bit of a push to stay up. Uh this season So yeah 3-2 loss But You know When we crack in Another two goals To take up our Tally to seven Away from home This season You know We can Bin that Fucking stat off now uh, If people uh, Rifle away at us So we can Find another one For people to talk about So yeah 3-2 Liverpool win um, But yeah Kind of positives To take away I think Absolutely And
1: I, like you say The, uh, the stick That that particular team will be beaten with as the lowest away goal scorers. I don't know if that's still the case. Uh, probably. probably still the lowest, but um, at least they've, they've managed to start scoring away from home, which is positive towards the end of the season. Fingers crossed the next time they play away from home, we can get a couple more. So, predictions-wise, we had positive, positive to an extent, selections from both. Mr. Cook and Mr. Moe this week. Both of them going for 1-1 draws. Sadly for Mr. Cook, he did pick Diaz and a one y to score for Forest, so doesn't get any points. Uh, Matt had agreed and also picked a 1-1 to score for Forest, but had picked Salah to score for Liverpool, so it does get himself a bonus point there. Both myself and Stu had gone with the more realistic Liverpool home win, both of us going for 4-0 scorelines. Um, I had Salah to score twice, um, Gakpo and Firmino for the others, Stuart Salah, Gakpo to score twice, and Van Dyke. So we both just get one bonus point for that particular goal, uh, that particular game there. So for this week's uh first game, two points for myself, two points for Stu just a single point for Matt, and the yet to get up on the Our second game of the week takes us over to Mr Woodman's team, where Hull City took on Watford, which technically, obviously, Andy knew, and wore the kit from a couple of seasons ago for tonight's podcast. <laughs> ah, it's all its all making sense, ladies and gentlemen. So, Hull City versus Watford. How did this one pan out in the end, Mr. W?
3: Uh, I'm happy to report that it was a 1-0 Hull win, which was completely out of the realms of the possibilities of my entire predictory skills uh, so he, it was a 25 minute penalty, Tufan scored the goal um, Sky had described Hull as strong and resolute and deserved to win I did have to double check just to make sure I was reading the right match report uh, <laughs> Seri apparently dominated the game Harry Vaughan made his home debut And he was the guy that was fouled in the box as well after a clever back heel. He he sort of he tried to turn like sort of almost like reverse Cruyff turned, and then just got absolutely wiped out. It was definitely a penalty, and then Tufan managed to smash it in the bottom left. Uh, Watford improved in the second half, but just couldn't score. Um, they, however, probably should have had a penalty in on, on the 63rd minute when, despite the fact that he dominated the midfield, Seri decided to take up basketball for a second, but thankfully that was missed by the referee. Um, just to give you an idea as to how exciting this game could potentially have been, there were three shots on target for the whole game. Two of them were Watford, and the one that Hull had... Was the penalty? So I don't exactly think it'll go down as a thriller, but three points on the board for Hull and uh, a big fu to Watford's potential playoff hopes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's about it. Yes, this uh, this result,
1: coupled with a couple of other results over the course of the weekend, did in fact leave uh, Watford at six points adrift of the playoff places. With just six points to play for, so they can find themselves pretty much out of contention for the playoffs as soon as this ride in, potentially, I believe. Um, If the results go uh, the way that they potentially could. Um, From a predictions perspective, um, Stu was the least optimistic of all of us and had gone for a 2-0 Watford win.
3: Yeah, but no on paper, in. come on, on paper, that that Watford side should be wiping the floor with half the teams in this division, and for whatever reason, they've picked the last four weeks to just go. Nah, I don't fancy that. Well, you, you know, I change your manager. That's what they need. You know, they definitely <laughs> definitely Chris, you know solution.
1: Chris Wilder has proven that he he can't be trusted with a team twice this season, and he needs to be put in his place. So, <laughs> not sick. We know. We know what happens, ladies and gentlemen. Normally, what happens is on the podcast we record, and then some breaking news happens literally the second we put down the microphones and whatnot. So keep uh, keep your eyes peeled on the social medias But, uh, but yeah, look within the next sort of twenty five minutes, uh, and Hang Chris Wilder up. will no longer be the, the manager of Watford. I you,
3: uh, based on Watford's track record, that how, how many games have got left this season? Two. Still time for at least another two managers then yet, surely.
1: Oh, 100%. Um, So, yes, Mr Woodmansey, not optimistic, no points for him. I had gone for a 1-1 draw from this one. Had Ken Semmer to score for Watford. Two fans to score for Hull. So, i managed to get myself a bonus point there for the goal scorer. Positivity was the order of the day for Mr Matt Moore and Mr Andrew Cook. Matt had gone 2-1. With Saeed Manesh and Tufan to score for Hull, with Saar scoring for Watford, so gets himself two points for that particular result. There. Mr. Cook, however, he knew he knew what was going to happen. One nil Hull City, two points for him there. Sadly, he didn't get the goal scoring He'd gone for Longman to score, so just sticks with the two points. So after three after three games, I've jumped I've jumped ahead, ladies and gentlemen. Apologies. After two games, I have three points Matt has three points two points apiece for Mr Woodman and Mr Cook our third game of the week saw my boys travel down to Luton to take on Luton Town this was third versus fourth in the league Uh, this is the game where anything uh, well if the game was drawn um, Sheffield United were pretty much promoted um so, let's see how it panned out, shall we? Um, fairly, uh, fairly slow uh, starting in the first half. Um, and then, the ball worked its way out to the right-hand side for Matt Crook to do, oh, I should say, uh, quite a lot of changes uh, to the Middlesbrough side that had uh, played against Hull uh, the week before. Um, I think the main idea behind that was uh, both of these teams are uh, Lee and Scotland in the playoffs. Uh, both guaranteed a playoff place at worst, um, and I think the idea was let's not show our hand too early. If we see them again in the playoffs, they might want to keep something in reserve that they've not seen before, so they can, uh, you know, catch them off guard, so to speak. Uh, so a lot of a lot of changes. No Hackney in the midfield. No Chuber, um up front. A couple of other players missed their injury. Fawz out injured. Ramsey out injured couple more a um, couple of players playing out of position Johnny House was playing at centre half for this one strange choice um, but Middlesbrough actually took the lead uh, in the first half uh, Ball, like I say the ball worked out to the right side for Matt Crooks who played a lofted ball over the top uh, for Cameron Archer to run to the uh, the goalkeeper for Luton came out and tried to clear but uh, Archer just got nicked in there before him took the ball around him and just rolled it into the, uh, the empty net for a 1-0 lead at half time um, Mills didn't start the second half too well, unfortunately. up uh, four minutes in, uh, there was a corner clipped in uh, for Lockyer, who uh, steal away and uh, head into the back of the net. Um, not not controversial in, in the sort of in the goal, but there was a sort of off the ball uh, you had. Um, kind of manoeuvre and dyke dike steal out of the way. It uh, probably wasn't enough to sort of uh, be given as a foul, but um, he, he wasn't able to make a challenge because he was knocked down. Uh, but then the uh, the true uh, the true controversy came with Luton's second goal of the union, where a ball had been played through, uh, and uh, Carl Morris got onto the end of it, touched the ball past the goalkeeper, and then appeared to have been brought down in the box. Uh, Replays showed that the contact, if any, was incredibly minimal uh, from Zach Steffen. um, And uh, Mr. Morris had, um, shall we say, taken a tumble of um, great proportions with uh, very, very little contact made in that particular sense. He picked himself up, dusted himself down. Slotted over the penalty and then decided to uh, give it large to the uh, Middlesbrough fans and uh, Middlesbrough players um, in his celebrations. So um, not only did he cheat for the penalty, he then rubbed it in by uh, being a total twat and uh, celebrating it right in their face. Um, unfortunately, that's how the game finished. 2 uh, loop. So Middlesbrough officially now out of the automatic playoff. Uh, sorry, the automatic promotion race. Um, there is another game going on as we speak, uh, for Sheffield United, where I believe they were 1-0 up. Ah, they are now 2-0 up. So uh, Sheffield United are literally on the cusp of uh, promotion back to the Premier Division. Um, that one will finish in the next couple of minutes. So we'll cover that when it comes to, uh, to fruition. Uh, so yeah, Luton get the win. Um, pretty much seals them for third place. But are right now, four points behind them two places. Uh, two games left to go. Uh, Borough got fourth place so pretty much so the playoffs is now two from I think he's ending up to six places uh, for the last two to get in uh, predictions wise for this one Andy was the most optimistic he'd gone for a 2-0 Middlesbrough win uh, with Akpom and Archer to score so gets himself a point for the goal Um the rest of us had all gone for draws Stu and Matt have both gone for 1-1 draws Stu with Campbell and Akpom to score the goals Matt with Adebayo and Akpom to score the goals. Obviously, Akpom never made it onto the pitch. So, sadly, he was never going to score. i gone for a 2-2 draw in this one. I had... A point there. I just had fours and... A- Three games down. Five points for myself. Three points apiece for Mr Cook and Mr Moore. Mr Woodman bringing up the rear with just the two points. We have one game left from week 36 to go through. But before we go through that, we are just going to take a slight moment to pause, reflect, recharge the batteries, and we'll be right back in just a few moments to bring you the details of Nottingham Forest versus Brighton and Hove Albion. Don't touch that dial, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back. Recording in progress. We're, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. We're back. We told you don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. And sure enough, here we are. So, just the one game to finish off for week 36. And it may or may not have just been completed within the last few moments. And it was indeed Nottingham Forest versus Brighton and Hove Albion. Could Nottingham Forest capitalise on those precious? Two, yes, that's right, Mister Two goals they scored away from home, and uh, follow up with a win against Brighton and Hove Albion—a very much needed win. Could they do it, Mister
2: Moore? Well, considering they were at home, where it's a bit more of a, a bit more success at home. Uh, yes, yes, they could. Um, started off in kind of typical Forest style, get a penalty miss it so look here's a new fact for you folks Um, Forest have had six penalties this season they've missed three of them I mean it also means they've scored three of them wait out for that tasty tasty little stat as Forest either miss or score more penalties as we go through the season being as we put the uh, away goal thing to bed probably not because it'll just be trotted out no doubt soon anyway Uh, so yeah John (laughs) missed the penalty Uh, I've not managed to catch the highlights yet Apparently a bad penalty, but also good save from the keeper as well. Like an easy height to save, I think was the uh, was the quote from Danny Mills on Soccer Special. It was it was very much your stereotypical
1: middle of the goal, not in the corner.
2: Yeah. So you're hoping, so, yeah. you're hoping that the the keeper goes the wrong way and you're exactly. you are look yeah. awesome as you knock it down the middle of the other side, and then he doesn't. Of course. Forest missing the penalty, oh, that never comes to bite your back, bite you on the arse straight away, does it? Oh no, yeah, yeah, it did, because Brian then took the lead, uh, just before, about well, seven minutes before half time with. Buyanote, I want to say, or. Um. Whatever. Uh, I,
1: I believe it is pre- 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 pronounced. Right what
2: <laughs> Bu- Buenanote? I knew I was butchering it because he's an eighteen-year-old Argentinian, isn't he? So oh, oh yes, that stat got brought out
1: in the uh, in the commentary on the game I listened to. The first time in Premier League history that two uh, teenage South Americans have been included in the
2: same starting lineup. Again, that is not a stat. (laughs) This is. is, I mean, this is probably an argument for another podcast, another on this podcast, another time. The stats thing is getting ridiculous. It's NFL, NBA levels of stats, and they're just more and more ridiculous as we go along. It's, oh, look, two players who are young are playing on the same team in a really international league. (laughs) How on earth did that happen? Um, (laughs) So, uh, but kind of, again, you'd expect the kind of floodgates to open. Brighton, I think I saw a stat this season. Was they, they 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 take the most shots on goal in the in the league, and oh yeah, Forest like to let teams have shots on goal, so it was kind of like the the worst kind of scenario. But Forest just before half time managed to get an equaliser through, a, a, a deflected cross. I think it was going to be attributed to several different people, possibly the goalkeeper Steele. Uh, I think it's been put down to Gross at the moment. Um. I think, once again, like Brighton, as Forrest have done all season, uh, they let the other team dominate the ball. It's a bit unfair in some ways because Brighton dominate the ball anyway. It's the way that they play. Um, I think there was one stage where they already, like in the first half, I think, they'd said that they had 125 more passes than Forrest did uh, by the half-time. But, you know, it's it's sometimes it's that little bit ticky-tacker kind of things. Um, going into the second half, I think Brighton was dominating the play. Uh, but then on the 69th minute, uh, Danilo popped up and scored Forrest second. Um, and I I've I might, I might don't know if I've got this out of order again. Uh, but then the game was delayed for a while uh, due to a serious injury to, injury to Nico Williams. Uh, he's been stretched off, like neck brace and all that kind of thing. And there's been no replays or anything. So serious injury. Uh, I think people have mentioned concussion. He obviously got a nasty concussion at the World Cup, which kept him out from from the latter stages of the World Cup. Or like when as, as Wales got knocked out, uh, and then when he came back to Forest, it kept him out for a bit. So that sounds like it might be done for the season if it's a, a nasty a nasty concussion. Uh, but as you know, added time kind of put on there. Morgan Gibbs-White stepped up and got a, scored a penalty to make it 3-1 to Forrest. But just to make sure that everybody was firmly kind of on the edge of their seats, I think there was a disallowed Brighton goal for offside with a bit of VAR tension to be added to it. But luckily, that was counted as offside and Forrest finished 3-1 winners and out of the relegation zone for the first time in a couple of months. Well... well well, we weren't back in, sorry, we went back in at the weekend, and now we're back out again, so... We're,
1: we're Lovely stuff. Certainly from a, uh, not in the forest supporters perspective anyway, but from a predictions perspective on the podcast. Myself and Mr Woodburnsey had gone for a 1-1 draw on this one. I had taken Johnson to score for forest and Mac Alistair. Score for Brighton as it's definitely not McAllister, as there are two separate words on the back of his shirt. Stewart runs for a one and
3: Caicedo to score. So sadly, just just going to throw out there that it also says Brereton Diaz on the back of somebody else's shirt, but we, we we don't tug at that string, do we, Paul?
1: Nah, because you know it, it's it's not a case of uh, Mac Alister just decided to add the Alister. At some it could, point still, it the could garden, still be. It? it could still be Alistair. All right, all right. It's it, it, it's it's Alexis McAllister Then it's not McAllister, is it? Because that's okay, not how quickly, that works. How quickly
2: you say things
1: like well, well, I'm choosing to not say it that fast. Then <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Stuart had gone for a Wongi and Kaiseido. And uh, for those of you watching the podcast, um, when Matt had given the information about Nico Williams and his concussion, and the fact that Wales got knocked out of the World Cup, I believe that Mr. Woodensey had to fight all the A to C, so they got knocked out twice then. Blah, 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 etc., cetera, et cetera. Um So no points for me or for Stu for that game. Uh, Matt, and, uh, Matt and Andy, though optimistic. Went for the home win. Point apiece. Andy had gone 1-0 with Johnson to score. So, if he'd have only just scored that penalty that he had in the first half, points galore for Mr Cook. Sadly, just the one point there for the win. Um, Matt had gone 2-1 with Johnson and Yates to score for Forrest and Mitoma to score for Brighton. So, again, if only that penalty had have gone in, they'd have had an extra bonus point themselves. So, just the one point for each of them for that last game. So for the week, Stu, sadly, just the two points. Matt and Andy, both on four points, taking taking the win. With five points for the week, it is myself, happy days, lovely stuff, back in the win column, jobs are good. We move to a new week and new predictions. And even though it's coming towards the end of the season, we thought we'd try something a little different tester, just to see how it goes down, and then we'll start the real new segment at the start of next season. So, I have tasked Mr. Cook with the, uh, with the well, I've tasked him with the task, strangely enough, of selecting a game of the week for himself. This week, Correct me if I'm wrong, Andy, but you have chosen Millwall as your team of the week. Is this
0: correct? This is correct. Uh, I, I almost immediately regretted my decision. Uh, but as I, said, as I said to you gentlemen, don't have the knowledge to know why. So I uh, just had to roll with it in the end.
1: Listen, there are no right or wrong picks.
0: That's, that's not true. No, that's not it
1: true. was it was merely a case of let's let's see if we can just sort of increase the sort of the input that mr cook has in the podcast as he he doesn't really have a team as such in the podcast so let's let's sort of manufacture him a team now this will become more apparent when we come into next season's show um, and obviously we'll cover that at the start of next season But just as a sort of a tester for the last couple of weeks of this season we're going to roll with Andy picking a game. We'll then all pick a uh, prediction in the same way that we do for our teams. And obviously those points will count towards the overall points for the week. So, technically, as this would count as Andy's team, he will give his prediction last. So I'll jump in. So it's Blackpool versus Millwall. Now, this game takes place on Friday and is live on Sky Sports. So for those of you who have access to Sky Sports... You'll be able to watch along. Ah, uh, just as a little bit of a background for this one, I did a little bit of a look into the sort of the form of the two teams. Blackpool have two wins in their last five games. They are second bottom in the division. However, Millwall have one win in the last five games, and I believe they are either seventh or eighth in the division. Uh, yeah, they're
3: seventh. seventh. They need a win to get to the playoffs.
1: Yes, so they're very much on the cusp of the playoff race and need, very much need the win to get back into the playoffs. They're currently level on points with both Blackbird and Sunderland but are out of, outside of the playoffs on goal difference. So Millwall kind of need the win in this one to get back into the playoffs. Black will need the win to avoid relegation. So I've gone for a 1-1 one, one draw that doesn't really help any of the teams. Uh, I've gone for Yates to score for Blackpool and Bradshaw to score for Millwall. Stu, what have you got down for this one? Uh,
3: Very much the same. Uh, Obviously, Millwall lost to Wigan in their last game. So, I'm not expecting a whole host of uh, well, much of anything to be honest, but as we've been through four once, you've had a, a, a bit of a beating. Sure, that defence. So, unfortunately for Mr Cook, on the debut of his team of the week, I have gone for a nil-nil draw. Nil-nil draw means he doesn't have to pick a
1: goal scorer. That is truly phenomenal picking. It's lovely, Matt. What have you got for in this one?
2: Um, I dislike Millwall. I very much dislike Gary Rowett. He is insert word after there because he is a mega one of those. Uh, so I've gone for a one-nil Blackpool win with Yates scoring. For those of you who've gone uh, to just at this
3: point, please please don't. Words and because we don't want to get the video banned, just, just of saying.
1: <laughs> for those of you who don't know too much about Gary Roberts' career, and shame on you for you know not doing your research. Um, there's a distinct team who play in white, who don't play too far from Nottingham. That he may or may not have played for. That may or may not have tainted Mr. Mo's feelings towards. Mr. Rowett, it's
2: not the Derby oh. connection. It's just a massive bell end.
1: <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. <laughs> Listen, for all intents and purposes, for this week,
2: that's Andy's team's manager. You're talking about there. <laughs> well, I'll inform him that his manager, the manager of his team for this week. is a massive bell end. <laughs> right. So they're officially
1: your team for the week, Mr. Cook. Give us how you think your boys will get
0: on. So, the rundown that you gave at the start of this had absolutely no bearings on exactly how I went about picking this game. Um, But I had to give it to my team uh, with a 2-0 win for the the Millwall people. Um, I agree that Bradshaw... We'll be scoring one of those two goals. But then I saw a name. A name. That I felt like I recognised. <laughs> and I went. If you're not picking Duncan Watmore. What are you doing wrong with your life?
1: It, it, it's a lovely. Lovely thought. And do you know what he's done. Ladies and gentlemen. Is he's taken the old boy rule. And he's applied it to. His team.
2: And. It, I mean it, it. It's just a beautiful sight to see. I'm disappointed because I and, thought I, I thought it was going to be the Honeyman.
1: Oh no 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 no! Well, I mean he was it was also an option, but what more was more recently involved with the podcast teams because he was only sold in January. Oh. So I think he takes it over over Mister Honeyman. Sadly, so there you have it. There you gentlemen. First game of the week: Blackpool versus Millwall in the books. Now. That, depending on the result on this one, may determine how Andy picks his team for next week but we'll cover that on next week, show. so tune back in and we'll see how that goes, our next game of the week sees Brentford take on Nottingham Forest Mr Mo's team he will go last, so I'm going to, I'm going to go to Andy for his prediction on this particular game
0: So 1-0 Forest win No surprises when picking that goal. It's uh, it's absolutely Johnson.
1: One 0
0: away win. I feel very much like I'm owed a Johnson goal somewhere. I feel like somebody needs to slot one in for me. So uh, yeah, Johnson till I the end of the he... season. Who's with me?
3: <laughs> huh? I'm, I'm I'm guessing there's a few thousand Forest fans who are hoping they can give him one as well. So.
2: Just take that clip before I'm Oda Johnson and we'll just cut it there. And then... New podcast jingle.
3: (laughs) What have I done? Uh, Stu, what have you got for this one? Uh, Well, normally, after Brentford have just beaten Chelsea, I would be thinking, ooh, but this is Chelsea under... Frank Lampard, not Chelsea, when they were good. So I have gone slightly more optimistic, but I've gone for a one-one draw. Um, I, I also have got Johnson out of retirement to score a goal, uh, and Kinder Bueno or Bueno or something to that ilk for Brentford. I have no idea how to pronounce it, so I will apologise.
1: Every time I every time I tune into uh, match today. I swear they changed the pronunciation of uh-huh. his name because so, sometimes it's Mbuemo, and then to, uh, and then sometimes people just call him Burma or Bumo, or
3: Bumo or Burner. Is it is it because whoever has been watching him play has a bit of a thing for him, and they're like, mmm, Buemo?
1: Quite possibly. Um, I am in agreement with Mister Womansy. I too have gone for a one-one draw on this one. I've gone for Tony. To score for Brentford and Gibbs White to score for Nottingham Forest.
2: Uh, go on, Matt. What have you uh, What have you picked for your boys? Worryingly, I've kind of done a bit of a mishmash of a lot of people's ones. There, I've gone for a one-all draw with Ivan Tony to score for Brentford and Brennan Johnson to score for Forest. I Very nice. It, it is a. It is a kind of. You know, yeah, they've beaten Chelsea, but it's Chelsea under Frank Lampard with God knows what going on. Maybe there'll still be a little bit of a come-down considering they've beaten a local rival that they like Mm. to eat. But yeah, we'll see. And maybe Forrest have got a little bit of, dare I say, momentum going.
1: Yeah, and they don't seem in particularly good form. I know they've just beaten Chelsea, but like you say, Chelsea, terrible, terrible form. Uh, But Brentford haven't had, I don't think they've won in the last six so potentially there for the taking shall we say our second to last game of the week takes us over to mr woodman's boys where hull city take on swansea city his team he will go last i'll dive in here i've gone for a 2-2 draw on this one got two and Traore to score for hull Pirro and patterson to score for swansea didn't even realize that I've sort of nicely sort of balanced it up I've gone for two T's and
0: two P's the score I like it Andy what have you got for this one in a similar vein I've gone with a 1-1 draw Uh, I've got Longman because as always struggling to find anybody who's uh, going to be banging in goals at home and uh, I tried my best and went with Cullen Right up until somebody tells me that either he doesn't play there anymore, he's never played there, or no. he's been injured for 14 years. Scored in
1: uh, Swansea's last game, I believe, so I think he is a more than acceptable pick for a goal scorer.
2: Matt, what have you got for this one? I've also gone for a one-all draw. It's our end of the season, kickabout, kind of uh, bit all over it. Well, technically, Swansea can still make the playoffs. Yeah, it's got a, again, if you've got a feeling of an end of season kickabout about it I'll go Traore for Hull and Pirro for Swansea
1: So Matt thinks it's going to be an end of season kickabout, does Stu agree?
3: Well it's the last home game of the season they've done another offer on the tickets to get a bumper crowd uh, so we're gonna lose two nil. Uh, so I've got Pirro and Cundle. Uh
1: Sorry, come again. Kundal. I'm uh, very sorry to hear that, but uh, could you give us your uh, goal scorer prediction, please? Kundal? Yeah. I don't even know what that name is.
3: Uh, well, I'm, if, uh, either I can't read my own writing, or I've uh, boss them up then but I'm pretty sure that was a name that was in the starting lineup not so long ago
1: he's right there Luke Kundal. I'll take it back I do apologise Piro and Kundal. marvellous three games down one game to go the eagle-eyed amongst you will know that actually one team that is my team it's the Borough Boys ladies and gentlemen They travel to Rotherham on bank holiday Monday. Now, as discussed in the Luton game, several changes were made. Um, They lost, therefore they cannot get automatic promotion. Uh, By the time this game rolls around, there may even be a potential that they can't even get as high as third. So they would literally be locked into fourth place and unable to go up or down from from that position. So, I envisage... Lots and lots of changes here. Don't risk the players that you need for the playoff push. So I would expect to see no tumor again. Although maybe give him half an hour at the end of the game just to sort of keep him ticking over. I mean, this could all be bollocks. Don't take what I'm saying as as red. It's just a sort of a, a, a personal thought process more than anything else. So I was about to give my prediction and then remembered I don't give my prediction first. I give my prediction last. So, let's
2: go to Matt for his prediction first. I'd gone with a similar vibe as what you were you were talking about there. It's kind of rest some players, make sure you don't get injured, ready for the playoffs. Rotherham are in a relegation battle, um, so I've gone two one Rotherham win.
1: Goal scorers: Hugill and. Ugbeny, Chidozi, Ugbeny, yeah. And then fours for. You got so. I'll let you pick again because I'm pretty sure he's injured. Um, Can't find it anywhere on the on the website. But when uh, when when Carrick was asked in in one of his pre or post match prefers during the week, he said it was looking doubtful for some of the injured players, and he definitely falls into that category. Yeah.
2: Uh, does somebody else want to predict for a minute and
1: then um,
2: yeah I wouldn't for anyone else who
1: might who might have them in there I wouldn't be picking fours or Ramsey I like um, four. I'd, I'd stay clear with those two anyone else that sort of plays in the front line
2: you probably no no won't. I
1: meant does anybody
2: else want to do their prediction while I scramble oh on? I see what you mean yeah yeah
3: <laughs> uh, Stu um, firstly, need to get on record how I think that that whole thing about not playing players is absolute bullshit. If anything has been taught in the years gone by, is that you need some momentum going into the playoffs. Um, Millwall will tell you that right now, as we we have uh, alluded to earlier on. But I understand not playing them for the full game, but not giving them any game time is just Enough. absolute. No, bullshit. I agree,
1: and like, and like I say, obviously Tuba didn't play any part against Luton, so I would expect to see him at some point in this game,
3: just maybe not from the start. That, that, but that uh, I, I actually watched that game, and that annoyed that just annoyed me. Not even, uh, you know, I'm not not a Mills fan. Why take him? Take one of the young lads for a bit of a, an experience, or whatever. It's just, just stupid, absolute yeah. stupid. But um, based on what I saw against Luton. I think that they've probably still got enough to put a team like Rotherham away Um, but I have got a Rotherham 1, Middlesbrough 2 scorelines, to the opposite to Matt
1: Mm -hmm. Goal scorers?
3: Not the opposite to Matt I've gone Ogbené for Rotherham and uh, just purely based on the the line-up from the other night I've gone for Crooks and Barlaser or Barlaser or Again, whichever pronunciation the commentary team were going with that particular day.
1: Yep, he's another one
3: who gets the uh, the old treatment of uh, the really work out what his name is, so they
2: just go with whatever they're thinking at the time. Uh, have you got a goal story yet, Matt? Or? Yeah, being as he's absolutely screwed me over for the rest of the season, Muniz Cavallo. I might as well just get one last kick in the balls for him prediction-wise. <laughs> that, that name might crop up. Uh, Andy, what
1: have you got for this
0: one? 2-0 borrowing. and I've gone I know, I know the whole rest this player rest that player but I can't not pick the uh, the dream team of Archer and Shuba to get those two goals
1: Yeah, to be honest like I say, will not be surprised I imagine that they'll play some part of the game obviously now that you can make five subs as well wouldn't surprise me if he gives them the last half an hour, or starts and takes them off at half time, depending on how the game's gone. Um, I have gone for a three-nil Middlesbrough win. Like Stu said, I think they'll probably, have, they'll probably have too much for Rotherham. I've been burnt with this in the past, though, thinking that if they were full strength, they'd have too much. Um, I've gone for a lot of a lot of changes, though. I've also gone for Moonies to score, as I believe they'll probably start up front. Gone for Bowler to get a goal as he started, for some reason, at left wing against Lewin. And I've gone for Jones to score as well. Back in the fold, back in the team. Obviously made two assists against Hull. And I think he'll want to get more minutes into him in time for the playoffs. So he's there as an option if force isn't able to play. That, ladies and gentlemen, brings us to an end. The only thing that I've got left to say is that it was the EFL Awards this week, Uh, Middlesbrough had a player in each of the two categories for player of the season and young player of the season, and they had the manager in the manager of the season category. Sadly, they only took home one of those awards. It wasn't the manager, that went to Vincent Company. It wasn't the young player, that went to Alex Scott of Bristol City. So it was indeed Akpom as the championship player of the season so very well done to mr Akpom uh, it's his most uh, his most successful season from a goal scoring perspective he uh, his previous best in the league was five uh, and he's obviously smashed that this season with 28 in the league so fingers crossed he just play some some part in the last two games of the season and can get himself to the 30 goal mark for the season um that was about it. I, that was about all I had, really, as additional. Uh, I don't know if you wanted to bring anything up, Stu, or if it was to basically bring up that. Uh,
3: two two things um, random whole news of the week. Um, we're, we're getting the pitch relayed, apparently. Um, and, uh, well, sometime in May or June, which is delightful for me because we'll get a brand new pitch to come back to for next season, and it also means that whole FC I have to fuck off out of the stadium for a little bit of rugby league season, so <laughs> Um but the second the second bit is more uh, widespread. And not only did the Yellow take place but um, also four four two have released their top fifty EFL players. Um and we have to give huge congratulations to um podcast Mr. Andy Cook for sneaking in at number 49, uh, especially after smashing that goal and in the cup against Paul earlier this season, in his uh, his playing career, Um, but no, a little bit closer to Oscar S. Opinion was in at 32, and Pippin, son of legend, Josh Windass, he was in at 33. the aforementioned Bar Laser Balassa uh, uh, was twenty two, which was quite good. Um but clearly not as good as Akpom, who not only took away the award for Player of the Season, but was number two in a uh, top fifty place for the EFL. Only being being back to Yokares, which I thought was a bit of an interesting choice. But uh, but yeah some of our players getting recognised all of it shop to uh, quote a local phrase
1: very nice very nice indeed so there you have it ladies and gentlemen another week done and dusted in the books lovely job thank you to these three wonderful gentlemen for joining me once again taking you through the uh, trials and tribulations of uh, of our teams and for at least one week uh, anyway Millwall again next week to see if Millwall make it into the uh, the podcast for a second week running all will be revealed don't worry but yes thank you all once again for joining us uh, tuning in and uh, listening to some football nonsense for some nonsensey people I suppose but that's just it for this week we'll be back again next week where we're going to do it all over again so join us in around seven days but for now Tatty
0: bye There we go, what do you think to that? Another week of games gone Another week of games to look forward to Season's kind of feeling like it's starting to draw to a close at this point Who will go up? Who will go down? Before you go Please consider like, share, subscribe And comment Leave us a review Share the podcast around Check out the website TheCookieCast.com Um, Over there you can get in touch with us At the click of a button Right that's it for this one Tune in next week for more games Until then I'm going to say bye And I'll see you then
3: Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football If you've enjoyed this episode Please like, share and subscribe